Hi, I'm Diane Hullett, and welcome to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Want to give a little shout out again to my husband of many, many years, Russ, who put together these little guitar riffs at the beginning and the end. I'm just loving those. And a shout out to my uh, teenage daughter who helped me put this all into GarageBand and mash it up. Yay, technology. Today, I want to talk about two concepts that have to do with family dynamics. And I think they go together beautifully, and I think you'll all be able to relate to these. The first thing I want to bring up is sometimes called seagull syndrome. You know, we all got more familiar with seagulls when the movie Finding Nemo became popular. And the seagulls in that film screech and squawk, and they say, mine, 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 over every little bit of flipping fish and bit of trash. And... You know, I think that was such a humorous way for us to think about how seagulls can be. How I want to talk about it in this context has to do with the family dynamic of when there's some kind of crisis or trauma or health moment or end of life situation and somebody comes in from out of town, swoops in, squawks, flap their, flaps their wings and poops all over everything. And I think we probably have either been the seagull or experienced the seagull in some family situation. So I want to talk about this a little bit because I think there are better ways to communicate. Um, If you Google seagull syndrome, you will actually find articles written about seagull syndrome. And one of the ones that I read is from Life Care Planning Law Firms Association. They've got a two-part article about dealing with seagull syndrome. And in part, they draw on the experience of Cindy Hudson, who's an RN. And Cindy is trained in a program called the Powerful Tools for Caregivers. If you want to find out more information about that, you can look up PowerfulToolsForCaregivers.org. She talks about how sometimes this can happen when, you know, somebody in a family has been the primary caregiver for a situation. And then, you know, decisions have to be made and choices get made and not everyone in the family or family circle necessarily agrees with it. So the, you know, the most difficult situation can be after a primary caregiver has made the decision to place somebody in assisted living or a nursing home. And a relative can show up and say, you know, how could you do this? I can't believe this happened. This is not the right choice. Mom never would have wanted this. And, you know, caregivers can feel pretty awful about this situation. And typically, not always, but typically there have been really good reasons for making those kinds of choices. So, um, you know, I think part of what happens, and Cindy talks about this in this article, Cindy observes that the denial and the shock and the fear that family members often feel about declining health of a parent or another relative can end up being projected as criticism onto the primary caregiver. And, you know, say that your mom has dementia and you've been caring for her and your siblings live out of town and you've had to make some difficult decisions, then it can be that mom has gotten to the point where she isn't safe at home and needs to be placed. But you might discover that the siblings are very angry about this decision. This reaction is is fairly common. So how to have better communication. Overall, I think these kind of situations often 
call for some kind of family meetings. And, you know, sometimes it's important to do these ahead of the crisis if possible. Begin to talk about this as a family. Have these conversations when people are still able to have them. Uh, Secondly, it can be a time to call for outside help. Sometimes there's an elder care coordinator or an end-of-life doula or a hospice uh, coordinator or, um, you know, counselor. There might be a close friend. There might be a clergy member, somebody who can help the family members have these conversations before they're in crisis. If you are the one being pooped on or pecked at, I think there are a few helpful things you can do. I'll, I'll mention three. Number one, be direct. Talk about what specifically is happening. You can say, um, you know, it's hurtful to me when you say that I've done the wrong thing by putting our mother in a nursing home when you don't understand what the situation was like. You can even say, you know, can I tell you what was going on and why I made this decision? So be direct. Along with that, number two, you can make I statements. You can say, this is what I saw happening. This is what I needed to do to make this work. Often these situations are kind of frog in the hot water kind of thing, right? So you, it's kind of going along okay. You adapt. You keep making choices. Things get a little harder. Um, if you're lucky, you call in some outside help of some sort, either paid help or volunteer help, and you get some support around it. Number three, be very specific about the assistance you could use help with. Um, Either that's asking friends for help or asking family members for help. Rather than just generally expressing your overwhelm, sometimes specifically asking your brother who you know is good at finances, asking him to take over that part of the, the, the puzzle, or asking a sister who's particularly good at making persistent phone calls to insurance companies, have her do that piece. So if you're the caregiver who feels like you're being hassled by a seagull, there are things you can do. And if you are the seagull, and I think that we sometimes play that role even when we don't mean to, three things you can do. Number one, try to be helpful rather than critical. When you swoop in and you don't quite know what's happening with a situation, you might come across as more critical than you realize, and maybe your intention is to be helpful. But number two, ask questions rather than making assumptions. I think in these situations, a lot of times family members um, play out old roles or they play out old assumptions instead of really asking questions and getting on the same page. And number three, notice that you are doing an awful lot of flapping and squawking. Um, If you find yourself doing that, you may be acting the part of a seagull and there may be some other ways that you can get information and support the situation. Whatever your family situation in these kind of crises, you know, see if you can sit down with the seagulls and the eagles and the wrens and the woodpeckers and get on the same page. Everybody will benefit from the crisis not being exacerbated by how it's handled. Along those same lines, I want to mention something else that I was reminded of recently from a friend. She sent me a blog from a blog called The Lady in the Lighthouse, and I love that evocative title. The Lady in the Lighthouse did a nice little summary of something called uh, the ring theory, also called the kvetching order. 
And I love that. Kvetching is an old Yiddish phrase that means to moan or grumble or complain continuously about something. The ring theory says, think about what direction you're complaining. So here's how you do it. Make a circle and put the person who's at the center of the trauma or the difficulty or the health crisis, write their name in the center of the circle. Then draw a larger circle around the first one. And in that ring, put the name of the person who's next closest to the trauma or the difficulty. Perhaps it's the spouse of that person or their two children or their closest friend. Then make another circle and put the next people who are the next level out. Maybe another close friend or maybe there's three close friends who are involved. And then a fourth level out. And you'll see that, um, you know, parents and children are probably before more distant relatives. Intimate friends are in those closer rings and less intimate friends are in the larger outer circle. When you are done, you have a kvetching order of the ring theory. And this theory is straightforward. This is a quote from the lady in the Lighthouse blog. The person at the center of the crisis can kvetch all they want to anyone. The people around them can comfort and support them, but they need to be careful about kvetching to them. The best people to kvetch to are the people who are farther away from the person in crisis and are not experiencing pain or trauma themselves. So the main thing to remember here is comfort in and dump out. For example, if you're a colleague of a person in a crisis on the outer ring, don't dump your anxieties onto that person's husband who's in a more inner ring. The husband may not be exactly the person in crisis, but he is close enough to it that it is directly affecting him as well. And he has his own worries without having to comfort you as well. So the people you turn to for comfort and support are in your circle or on the next outer ring. So these two ideas, the idea of seagull syndrome and the idea of the ring theory and also called the fetching order, I think these are really important concepts in um, you know, the family dynamics and the family communication of what can happen around end of life, around health crises, around decision making. I hope to continue to bring more of these kinds of um, you know, really concrete theories into practice for you as um, I continue with the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find these podcasts and more information on the courses I teach and special events such as free book discussions and film nights at my website, bestlifebestdeath.com. There's lots cooking right now at Best Life, Best Death. I'm super excited. I set up a big table and laid all my stuff out on it. I'm kind of a visual person, so I had to create a big mess in order to plan my programming for the next several months. And lots is happening. I sent out a few inquiries for some special guests on the podcast, and they are rolling in. So watch for the next few podcasts to have some really interesting guests speaking on... Um, Oh, everything from how to write your own memoir to um, what it is to live in a body to uh, the producer and director of a really amazing film. So looking forward to more. Thanks for listening. This has been the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Mm -hmm.